Hey, good morning, Graceway. Uh, for those of you who do not know me, uh, my name is Adam Fagan-Kello, and I am an elder here at Graceway Community Church. I'm excited to uh, be here with you this morning as you are in your home groups uh, and be a part of this teaching video. Uh, this week we'll be looking, we're looking at week three uh, in this month's Praxis, which covers the book of Leviticus. Uh, Leviticus, you know, I've said this joke before, but it really is the graveyard of every New Year's resolution or most New Year's resolution uh, that people commit to reading through the entire Bible. Um, in the book of Leviticus, you can find a lot of abandoned reading plans uh, as we, we try to work through this book. It's, it's a really tough one. Um, if you're looking at it uh, through the narrative that we see, you know, in Genesis, Exodus, great narrative, and then you get into all of this ritual, uh, sacrificial uh, language, and it totally loses us. <laughs> um, but there's a lot in here, and, you know, this cover says it all in terms of the holiness of God, and that's what Leviticus is all about. It's, it's about the holiness of God and Him separating His people uh, from the rest of the world and doing this through ritual practices, um, their priesthood, uh, and, and the purity laws that he set forth. Um, this week we'll be looking right in the middle of that book uh, at chapter 16 and discussing the atonement uh, and what God set forth. So in your practice it is on page 38, but we're going to be looking at a couple of days because we're going to read from 16 um, verse 1 through verse 10. So I'll, I'll go right in through those scriptures if you would like to open up your Bibles and follow along. So chapter 16, verse 1. This is in the NASB. It says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, which we discussed last, last week in last week's teaching, when they had approached the presence of the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron, that he shall not enter at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the atoning cover which is on the ark, or he will die. This is serious. This is serious. Um, you know, I, I, I try to place myself in the, the shoes of Aaron at this time. And it has to be a, a pretty surreal, terrifying experience, uh, to be honest. <laughs> he just lost two sons. He says, For I will appear in the cloud over the atoning cover. Aaron shall enter the holy place with this, with a bull as a sin offering and a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy tunic, and the linen undergarments shall be next to his body. And he shall be wrapped around the waist with the linen sash and the linen turban wound around his forehead. These are holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water and put them on. So let's stop there at the end of verse 4. So the whole whole mindset of Aaron, let's, let's try to just, just talk about this for a second. He just lost two sons. He's about to enter into the Holy of Holies, right? Where there is a pillar of fire and smoke that has been resting on this place. Um, you know, I, I, I try to imagine what that would be like for you and I. You know, it's, it's, I, I, the only words I can think to describe it is just this beautiful terror. You know, it's something that is so breathtaking, so beautiful, but in the same time, terrifying. Now, when I say terrifying, I mean, oh, you know, it, it, it can kill you. It can kill you. It's dangerous. You know, I, I almost imagine 
what it would be like for an astronaut uh, preparing to exit the spacecraft and do a spacewalk. Um, you know, I see pictures from space looking at the Earth from that vantage point, and it's just breathtaking, mesmerizing. But at the same time, entering into space, apart from the safety of a, a spaceship, if you can even call that safety, um, you, you're exposed to literal death. Literal death. So you, you gotta go through the motions. You gotta put on your astronaut suit, your, your, your helmet, you need oxygen, you need all these things to protect you, and that's what he needed. You know, Aaron, before he could even go in there, and we, we haven't even gotten to the sacrifices for the people, he needed a bull offering and a burnt offering. So he, and, and on top of that, all these holy garments, right? So it's, it's a very, like, intense moment for him. This is something that is not to be taken lightly. It's a holy terror. Holy terror. Beautiful, yet terrifying experience. Um, so let's keep reading. In verse 5. And he shall take from the congregation, the sons of Israel, two male goats as a sin offering, and one ram as a burnt offering. Then Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself, so that he may make atonement for himself and for his household. He shall then take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. Then Aaron shall offer the goat on which the lot for the Lord fell and make it a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot for the scapegoat fell shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and send it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. So, in the praxis, um, you know, the commentary speaks of the two different goats and, and how one went as a sin offering and the other, the, the, the sins of Israel were, was rested upon that goat and then it was escorted out into the wilderness. And it symbolized uh, how the sins would be removed as far from the east as to the west from the people of Israel. Uh, and the commentary also speaks of Jesus and how he did and accomplish both of those things. Yes, he presented himself as an offering for sin uh, on behalf of us. His blood was an atonement for our sins. And at the same point, he removed the sins. So it was as far from the east as from the west, right? But there's something um, cool that I, I wanted to, to talk about in terms of, or, or highlight when we, we speak of this atonement and the image of the two goats um, in, in the Gospels. Um, so, one of the weird things, and, and this isn't always mentioned because it's not always uh, written this way, but there are actually two Jesuses, <laughs> two Jesuses that, uh, in, that, in the story of his crucific crucifixion, and they stood before Pilate. One was named Jesus Barabbas, uh, which it's not written in every, a lot of the manuscripts, but in the NIV, there's Jesus, the Messiah, and then there's Jesus Barabbas. And the Barabbas just means son of the Father. So you have Jesus, the Son of God, or the Son of Man, and then you have a Jesus, the Son of the Father. Now Jesus is a is a name that refers to God saves, so he's a Savior. Um, so let's look at that real quick. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 15 through 26. 
Now at the Passover feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the people any one prisoner whom they wanted. And at that time, they were holding a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the people gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you? Jesus Barabbas? <laughs> or Jesus, who is called Christ? Now Christ is, is, a, is, is a common term referred to Messiah. Okay, now this Messiah just means anointed. It's the anointed one. David was the David was Messiahed by Samuel. He was anointed by Samuel. Now this is in reference to a prophetic line that is calling for the anointed one like David to rescue Israel. So Jesus is claiming that he is in the line of Jesse and he is the Messiah that we see uh, the scriptures foretell with. And so Jesus the Christ, who we call him. For he knew that it was because of envy that they had handed him over. And while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message saying, See that you have nothing to do with that righteous man, for last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. Verse 20. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas and put Jesus to death. Verse 21. And the governor said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what evil has he done? Yet they kept shouting all the more, saying, Crucify him. Verse 24, Now when Pilate saw that he was accomplishing nothing, but rather that, was, rather that a riot was starting, he took the water and washed his hands in front of the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. You yourselves shall see. And the people replied, His blood shall be on us and our children. Then he released Jesus Barabbas, or Barabbas, for them. But after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. So again, in the NIV in Matthew 27, verse 17, it, it specifies Jesus the Christ and Jesus Barabbas. Now, why I think this is significant is because I think the scripture is, is so cool. I, I, love, I love the Bible and I love to see the patterns and the themes and even the parallel stories that I believe God puts in there for us to see. And, and even though the parallel stories may not be an exact match in terms of the meaning and the depth, I think God allows these parallel stories on purpose for our imagination, for us to meditate on, for us to connect and see the similarities, and also to point, to point us to the person of Jesus Christ, even in these moments. And so we see two Jesuses and two goats in the story of Barabbas. Now one, if you look at the, the sim symbolism of the goats, one was intended to be offered up as a sacrifice, and the other is intended for the sins of Israel to be laid upon and sent far, far away, to be removed from them. But what happens in, in this story that is different than the design we see in Leviticus chapter 16? There's something that happens here, which I think is also intentional. So, Jesus Barabbas, <laughs> uh, you know, we know him as, as a murderer. He was a violent man, right? And that's the portrayal that uh, we have of him. He's a bandit, you know. For Rome, he was seen as a, a notorious rebel fighter. 
or who would we would say Osama bin Laden, right? We would label Osama bin Laden as a rebel fighter, as a terrorist, as someone who is not good, okay? But for the people, Barabbas represented something else. He represented a rebellion, a freedom movement of the people against the oppressor, which is the Roman government. And so the difference between Jesus, the Messiah, and Jesus, the Barabbas, is that there were two different plots of, and two different ways to achieve freedom from their oppressors. You know, Jesus the Christ came in and preached nonviolence. Look at, look at the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preached to love your oppressor. You know, Jesus was also a prophet. You know, he foretold of the destruction of Jerusalem, and he warned the people of Israel to repent. He said, love your enemies. I mean, these are the, the things that he preached to the people to prevent their destruction after he warned them, after he saw and foretold. And so what we see in this story, in this image, is the sins of Israel being laid upon Barabbas. He is a rebellion fighter, one who was accused of murdering, uh, violence, and, and, you know, and, and fought for freedom against the oppressor. But instead of choosing the nonviolent Jesus, <laughs> the one who preached to love your oppressor, the people chose Barabbas. They said, no, no, we want this guy. And so instead of sending the, the second goat to be removed, the people went with him. They said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to stick with this guy. You know, if you look at what happened in 66 AD, the freedom movement and these rebel fighters actually recaptured Jerusalem. So they, they successfully overtook the oppressors in 66 AD. Fast forward to 70 AD, Roman retaliated and completely leveled the place. They ultimately destroyed the entire city. Not a stone was left unturned. You know, the temple was destroyed. And these were the consequences of their sins that were foretold by Jesus to the people. You know, and, and I, I share this as, as, as just kind of something cool. Like I said, it's, it's just a parallel that we see in the scriptures, and it follows right along with everything that we see through the prophets. Jesus was a prophet. He was a prophet, a priest, and a king. And so he fulfilled all these roles <laughs> and all these things. And this is a moment that the people had a choice. Do you choose Jesus the Messiah or Jesus the Son of the Father? And they chose, they chose the wrong goat. <laughs> they chose the goat that ultimately led to their destruction as opposed to the goat that led to the forgiveness and the atonement of sin. That preached to love one another and love your oppressor. Leviticus chapter 16, verse 20 through 22. When he finishes atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall offer the live goat. Then Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wrongdoings of the sons of Israel and all their unlawful acts regarding all their sins. And he shall place them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who stands ready. Then the goat shall carry on itself all their wrongdoings to an isolated territory. He shall release the goat in the wilderness. That's the scapegoat. 
Verse 17, 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. It is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. And that was the life of Jesus Christ. His blood which makes atonement for our sins. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. This is our response. <laughs> it starts off with a therefore. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, this is the holy of holies, this is the, the beautiful, terrifying place that, that Aaron was entering. It's the same place where his throne sits. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated us through the veil that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let's approach God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean. This is, this is the atonement imagery sprinkled with the blood sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water again all the same symbolisms that we see in Leviticus chapter 16 and let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let's consider how to encourage this is this is the end result so this is the this is the byproduct of Christ's blood and sacrifice of us entering into the holies and holies, being bold, right? Because of his atonement, because of his sacrifice, because of what Christ has done, because of our choice, because of us choosing the goat of, of atonement, of sin offering, as opposed to us choosing our sin. <laughs> so we're, so this is the result of our choice. And when we choose Christ as our atoning lamb, let's hold firmly, oh, Sorry, verse 24. And let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds. Verse 25. Not abandoning our own meeting together, as in the habit of some people, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's say a prayer. Father God, I, I thank you so much for your grace. I thank you so much for your mercy and your kindness, Father. I thank you so much for the blood the blood that you have shed, Father, for the sins of all mankind, Lord. Father, we give you glory and thanks uh, and honor and praise, Father. We worship you and we thank you in Jesus' name. So I'd like to turn it back over to your groups uh, for further discussion and have a blessed week.